It's the SWP presented by All Insurance Ontario and Jim K. Ford. Are you looking for a better value on your insurance dollar? If all the companies are charging close to the same price, who would you pick? What if I threw in an expert on your side for the same price? Call or text me today. I'm Jared Gerard, All Insurance Ontario, 613-801-2659. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Jim K. Ford is home of the all-new Ford Maverick, designed to seize the day this beautiful built Ford tough truck gives you the best of both worlds. Compact on the outside, but still big enough on the inside to seat five and store all your stuff as well. Not to mention a standard 8-inch touchscreen on your dash. Learn more and pre-order the all-new Ford Maverick today by visiting JimKFord.com. The Steve Warren Project. Sports and whatever. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the SWP. Is it the Steve Warren Project? Is it sports and whatever? It's a show that already had a pretty vague game plan to start with, and then Jimmy chiming in each day, removing all attempts at focus content. But we're having a blast all the same each and every weekday. A little audio therapy for the insane world we're in. It's Steve Warren. It's Jim Jerome schmoozing it up. Thank you for being with us. We hope you enjoy the show. James, how was the weekend? Well, I was, uh, I, you know what? I was going to get to it right away at the start of your intro, but it was so freaking long. I forget what happened now on the weekend. <laughs> the oh guy who goes, God. the Can guy who goes it? for five minutes at Can a time. Yeah, okay. Got a guess there. It can only be fifteen minutes. Well, now we only got forty-five seconds. You know, I'll tell you uh, what, Stevie. The king of the attention span. Here's the deal with Halloween. Okay, uh, the inflatables. All right, whenever they came out ten years ago or whatever. Okay, and they were kind of cool. Okay, but now people are just absolutely freaking lazy. Every yard I saw yesterday driving around, you know, I was trying to pick off some kids. You know, I got candy. I, what I do is, because no one comes to my house, so I just buy a bunch of candy and I just drill it out of the window on the way by. You know? <laughs> like a couple of apples and shit like that too, right? But the inflatables are out. Enough of the inflatables, okay? It's just, it's lazy, okay? You're totally taking the shine off Halloween. I want the... I want the stuffed scarecrow and shit like that, Steve. The bales of hay, okay, and, uh, you know, stuff like that. I want, the other thing is, my folks used to take us out Halloweening, Stevie, uh, in, in Llewellyn Park in Sudbury. And uh, they loved doing it, Steve, because they got a cocktail at every single house they went to in the neighborhood. Nice. So they just got freaking hammered on Halloween night. It was hilarious. So we could, it was a, like, it was a big party. But I don't see any of that anymore. Halloween is completely disappointing. Yeah. Me. Okay. I didn't get one kid here. No, it's, well, been, it's, okay. a, it's our sixth Halloween. Yeah. Big giant bowl. I ate half of it. Nobody came to get it. It's just, uh, yeah. it, it's time to move on, I think. Is what well, when is. you live 62 and a half miles from the next house, I, that's I, what I'm, I'm like 60 seconds from Manatee. It's not like we're that far. You think you get one in six freaking years. Listen, anyway. you can't even see. Your house is so far back from the road, people are afraid to walk up that freaking driveway, you know? They can't even see it from there. Anyway. Yeah. yeah I'm, uh, me standing at the end of it with a chainsaw and goalie mask, that probably is not helping things. That'll do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on up, kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. You can hear him chuckling in the background. We have a guest today. I'm going to talk a little Montreal Canadians with him. It's broadcaster, it's speaker, author, hockey trivia legend, 
and the most knowledgeable Hab fan I know. It's Liam McGuire, our good friend. Liam, how are things, buddy? Stevie, no, nobody's trick or treating on Sprat, buddy. No, yeah, exactly, Liam. Exactly. Yeah. Do you want to give away my address too? Or no. No. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, people are gonna maul you. Yeah, it's like they're gonna maul me. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Bell is old. Thank you, Liam. Him. How is he going? Yeah. Everything is good, and uh, thanks for coming on. And I got your note that you were coming on at about, I think uh, your timestamp, I wasn't up at the time when you replied to me. It was like 3.45 in the morning. I said, okay, Liam's been on some kind of Halloween bender. What did you get up to? <laughs> well, I went to a great party. Great party in cars. You know, that's the thing now. Uh, as Jimmy says, the trick-or-treating is, uh, first of all, the whole COVID thing has ruined it. But, I mean, hopefully we'll get back to some level of normalcy for the kids going forward. We had nobody here, and I live in a subdivision in Osgood, and we had nobody come by. So I know they were out and about, but very, very numbers are greatly reduced. But I went to a, an adult party. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it was, it was, it was absolutely fantastic. Some of the stuff I got to tell you, a guy came as William Wallace from Braveheart. He was piped in. He, he had ba- bagpipers pipe them, pipe them in. It was unbelievable. It was another guy. Uh, it was incredible. I, I, I've never seen it or heard of that before. There was uh I mean, the bagpipers were dressed up too, but they're actually professional. They play, they're in a group and, and, and they came with their bagpipes and piped him in. And then there was a guy came as Freddie Mercury, looked just like him, did a did the whole the whole thing there from Wayne's World, the whole song, like like the actions to it and everything was incredible. And had uh, the buck teeth going too. Had the buck teeth. He had everything. The back, and the armband. He looked like him. And as it turns out, the guy's JTF. Like he's one of our top soldiers in Canada. I found out later in the evenings. I had a great conversation with him, and and it was just it was it was just fantastic just a fantastic party the you know right amount of ladies to keep it interesting and uh, lots of alcoholic beverages and uh just a great time man just a great time went pretty and it was a long party apparently it went a long time huh? yeah, i shut her down about 5 30 so uh oh, boy, you know God. that's nice. uh it's kind of typical if i'm really uh if i drop the clutch and hit fifth gear i'm going to about five or five thirty. you know it's uh th- that's not unusual steve okay and the good listener needs to know okay it's like Anyone else in the world who stayed up till five thirty, right? They 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 would remember that forever, right? They'd be like, "Oh my God, I remember back in you know seventy eight there. I stayed up till five thirty. I t- I went to I, Liam came to Arizona uh, when, the, when the fantasy <laughs> oh camp was there. Oh my God, okay, and uh, it was great, right? I've been I've been trying to get him there for years, and then we finally did. It was a smash hit, and uh, Liam was in the bar, and I I just remember. Like, you know, when you say to a guy, Steve, you might go, hey, do you guys want to stay up? I, you know, do you guys want to stay up till three? Anybody? Anybody in? <laughs> Liam, right? Rips his shirt off like Superman and goes, absolutely! Yeah! Okay. We were doing a show the next morning and he, he decided, he said, no problem, dear. Jimmy, don't you challenge me! Okay? All night it is! Okay? Which was fine. Until I, until he had to get on and do the show, okay? From uh, remember, it's from my little apartment. Well, I remember it so well, much. You had Theo Fleury in there. Theo. I was gunned yeah. out of my mind you, on the air. I know I, you I, did I, it from the couch on your back. On my back that. from the couch, absolutely that was great. Wazooed. But uh, you know what? Yeah. That night, that night before, with Gordy Howe and Wayne Gretzky, and you know what they did, Stevie? They put me on a pallet and they raised yeah. me on a front end loader twenty feet above the crowd. I'm on a wireless <laughs> mic in front of hundreds yeah, yeah. of people in that wire warehouse, Jimmy, if you remember. And sure they said, I do. Uh, yeah. 
they said, Liam, uh, somebody asked the question, what's it, you got any, any real good connection between Gordie Howe and Wayne Gretzky? I said, I got the greatest, the greatest one. And I tell the story about Wayne always tucking the, the, the sweater in and Walter, you know, did that from Wayne's very first day in 1967. And he, the only game that he didn't start with it tucked in was game one of the WHA All-Stars against the Soviet Dynamo for the three-game series in, the, in 1979, in January 79. Because when they came in after warm-up, Gordy said to Wayne, let me fix that for you, kid. And he right. took the sweater out and took a roll of hockey tape, Stevie, and he wrapped it out. Wayne was mortified because this had become a tradition and, and a superstition for him. And he, he said, what am I going to do? And he's starting the game on a line with Gordy and Mark Howe. They score 30 seconds in. They win all three games. They got seven points in the first game. And I'm standing on this pallet 20 feet in the air. And I said, now we can finally find out if that story is true or not. I turned to Wayne and he looks over the other side of the room to Gordy. You could hear a pin drop. And Gordy says, that's 100% true. And the whole place went nuts. Whole place went nuts. It was, uh, I tell you, it's one of the greatest trivia moments in my life. And and uh, we were there in Arizona, me and Jimmy, and stayed up the whole day. I got to think. I got to say, I was thinking about you on the on the trivia front on the suspendables a couple of weeks ago. We had Dan Quinn on, and he told a story. And I was thinking to myself immediately afterward. I said, I wonder if Liam knows about that story. That we all know that Gretzky is the only two point two. Well, north of two hundred points in a single season, he's the only guy to do that. But as you know, Mario hit one ninety nine. Right. And on the final night, Dan Quinn was saying that Rob Brown, with an empty net at the end of the game with Mario at 199, he's got Mario like on a two-on-one on an empty net, and Rob Brown fired that thing home, bulged the twine, foregoing a chance to give Mario his 200th point. <laughs> Can you imagine that? I said right away, I wonder if Liam even knows that trivia or not. No, I don't. I had not, never heard that before, and uh, that is – that bears, you know, confirming because that is unbelievable that he would do that. Can you imagine? Although Rob, I think in some circles, wasn't maybe as highly regarded by some of his teammates as others. <laughs> 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 the guy was telling me, what a junior and obviously had a hundred point season in the NHL. I mean, a lot of people forget that late Penguin team had five or six guys that, that all recorded a hundred points over those first few years. That when when they started making the playoffs and leading to those two cup wins, but I had not heard that, Stevie. No. Yeah, I'll tell you what about Rob Brown. I was telling Stevie uh, he lives he lives here, uh, at least I think he lives here. But he he is the regular analyst and has been for years on the radio broadcast of the Oilers, and he's right. excellent. He's yeah, excellent. Eh? He's he's really good. Calls the spade a spade. Awesome. He does the you know between periods, uh, pregame and 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 then he takes calls post game. So wow. Uh, but he's he's one of the best. He's one of the best I've heard. So. Perfect. Anyway, bit of a selfish prick, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he actually finished at forty nine, so maybe forty nine goals. So maybe he's thinking he can get a couple of empty net goals and get yeah. to fifty himself. Who knows? Sure. But uh, yeah. and that is Dan Quinn telling a story. And you know how it is when guys get together. There could be some embellishment to that, so don't necessarily yeah. take it as the gospel. But I still yeah. thought it was a great story, all the same. What I want to talk to you about today, mostly though. Given your, I, I've heard here and there that you might be into the Habs a little bit. Um, <laughs> what is what has happened to the Montreal Canadiens? Like less than four months ago, they go to the Cup final, and I think shocking most people that they went that far. And then this year they come out 
and they're off to a horrific start. Like for them, a historically bad start at two yeah. and eight. What's your read on what's occurred here? Yeah, well, I mean, really, it's about three months ago, right? Uh, I mean, it's the shortest turnaround in NHL history, and as we know, and and uh, and you know, proof of that, of of course, is the four teams that were in the semifinals. There's only one that's currently in a playoff spot, and it's the two-time defending cup chance, and they're they're hanging on a fourth right now, eight or ten games in. So, hasn't been a stellar start for anybody who went to the semis. Obviously, no one's worse than Montreal out of that quartet, and they're one of the worst in the league. I mean, even before the news on. Um, on Weber and Price came down, I was doing shows and, and talking about the upcoming season. I said, well, I think they'll, they'll be in tough. They'll, they'll be in a dogfight for fourth in the Atlantic if things go well. And now you look at um, Sunday night's game against Anaheim, for example, Gallagher didn't play. So that may make eight guys that weren't in game five against Tampa that were not there uh, on Sunday night. Well, no, well, you've got three guys who went to different teams You've got you've got uh, Weber, Edmondson, Byron are out with injuries. You got Price dealing with his mental health issue, and and uh, you know and Gallagher was hurt. So I mean, it was eight guys that uh, that were not that were there in in the Tampa series that are not there. Nobody can survive that that type of turnover. Number one, and even still, as I said, with Weber and Price in a lineup. So take all that aside because you say Stevie, it's historical start. So now you get in. Let's get into some tangibles. So uh, they're hungover, man. This is the Stanley Cup hangover, the likes of which, as I said, the other teams are suffering from as well, but Montreal the worst. But this is the likes of which I have not seen in, in a long, long, long time. I mean, there's teams that have won the Stanley Cup before and missed the playoffs the next year, including Montreal, for example, won the Cup in 69, missed the playoffs in 1970, won the Cup again in 71. But I mean, it's happened before. Many teams have done this, but just it's the extent with which it's happening in Montreal and the collective malaise through so many guys that even on a bad start should have a few more goals is really it's got a lot of people scratching their head. They're 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 tremendously hung over from the run to the cup. They are they are fragile, they're gripping their stick, they're they're missing so many guys. And I also think that the nature of the news on Carey Price has had a tremendously adverse effect on this team. If you need a, the best example of that, it's Jeff Petrie all day. He's playing the worst hockey of his career. I watch every second of every minute of every game that Montreal plays, as you do with Ottawa, Stevie, same thing. I see your posts, I'm thinking the same thing. The Habs are going to suck this year, miss the playoffs. I'm not going to miss a game. You know, I'm a Hab fan. But Jeff Petrie right now, and listen, I'm saying this publicly. And I mean this sincerely. I am really, really worried about him. He is Carey Price's best friend. His tweet that came out the day after Carey Price's wife, when she alluded to the move that Carey was making and how, listen, you just don't know sometimes and we're going to fight through this and we appreciate the players assistance program here and, and, and we, we hope to be back and all the rest. She said all the right things. Jeff came out the day after that and said, Look, I ride to the rink with this guy every day. He's my best friend. Our wives are friends. I did not see this coming. He posted that publicly. And to me, that was a major red flag, and that's been reinforced by his play. You look at last night against Anaheim. They pulled a goalie. He fires that puck. He couldn't have fired that puck more square into those shin pads at the blue line as they got the extra attacker out and actually controlling the zone. 
He made some passes in the neutral zone last night that, listen, this is not injury related. This is a guy whose head is, at the very least, is not on what's going on the ice, where you need to be 100% focused at all the time, whether you're Bob Yore or Wayne Gretzky or whether you're Joe Blow that's just playing as a rookie in the game today. you got to be focused every shift all the time. You're going to get your head handed to you. You're going to make giveaways, all this sort of thing. So you've got some issues going on that are tangible and are also intangible with the Habs. And, hey, come on, Jake Allen's not a starter. He's played as hard out for these guys, but he's not a starter. And Monobol and the kid that went in there, I mean, you know, I mean, they, they so they're not getting the goaltending. The, uh, Sherratt and Romanoff are their only defense that are able to marginally play adequately. And the entire forward complement, with the exception of Hoffman, you know, uh, who, who's done well since he's come back from his injury, uh, Dvorak's played okay, and Josh Anderson at times okay. The rest of them, absolutely in the crapper. And now the news on Caulfield today. So there's what I think, fellas, is why they're off to a 2-8 and eight start, uh, largely starting with the fact it's a cup hangover, as you're seeing with um, the Islanders in Vegas and, to a lesser extent, Tampa. And uh, and and here we are. They're 2-8 and eight after the first 10 with um, no real promise of it improving anytime soon. Ooh, so, you know. Yeah. All right, more with Liam, more on the Habs. Uh, we'll get into the Sens a bit as well coming up after these words. Are you getting back to life and don't have time to review your insurance policies? Do you want me to have a look at it for you and see if you're properly covered? I'll take a professional look at it and let you know what I see, and you make the decisions. Text 860-6008. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Reignite your passion for driving with a new Ford from Jim K. Ford. Take a test drive today and see all the latest innovations available for new Ford vehicles. And for your comfort, if you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, Jim K. Ford will be happy to bring a vehicle right to your home or your place of work for a demonstration and test drive. Jim K. Ford in Orleans or JimKFord.com. And if you're thinking of buying or selling a home in the Ottawa area, we recommend the Glen Walton Real Estate Team. Glenn helped me sell a family home last fall. He set aside a budget to help us out with painting, cleaning, staging, and even updating our ceiling lights for us. And he could do the same for you. We ended up with multiple offers, and the home sold for well over asking price. So call the Glen Walton Real Estate Team today at glenwalton.com. All right, back to the Habs with Liam McGuire. And Liam, you mentioned Cole Caulfield a moment ago. This afternoon, he was sent down to the minors by the club. This is a guy who had 12 points in the playoffs last year, and this year he's come out of the gate with one assist in 10 games. He has not been very good. Most of the team is not, but they sent him down to Laval today. What do you think of what's happened with Cole Caulfield? Again, if you watch him play, so what I think in his case, him and Suzuki had this immediate chemistry, two young guys, same age, 20 years of age, got the world by the tail, even on entry-level deals, he's still making... 975 American or whatever it is. I mean, you know, they've got, they're just, and they're loving it. They know their next deal. They're hitting home runs. That's what they would be thinking. And they've got this instant chemistry. They become fantastic friends. Probably just think you're just going to go out and hit the switch. The first 10 minutes of that first game, regular season game against Toronto, the Montreal Canadiens looked like they were going to run the Leafs right out of the rink and went, they were out shooting them eight to one. They were dominating the game. Jack Campbell was kicking out BBs. They turn around, lose that game, and with the exception of about 45 minutes against San Jose for their second win that they had this year, because they beat Detroit in a game they that was not a 6-1 game, 
With the exception of that, that entire this entire team has been absolutely 100% out to lunch. I would even go so far as to say the coaches look like they're out to lunch too. Caulfield <laughs> has been a massive part of this falling off the planet Earth, falling off the cliff. He is, he is, his, he's, he, first of all, they've reduced his ice time. You know, they've bumped him down the lineup. They've been reducing his ice time. So he hasn't really even had a fair chance to play out of it. He went down a second unit power play very quickly, especially once Hoffman got in the lineup. And, and, um, I'll tell you what, I mean, he's not hitting the holes. His shots are from distance. He certainly not, doesn't play in traffic. I don't think you want him doing that anyway, but his confidence looks so shot. They moved him away from Suzuki and look, he's obviously doesn't have to go on waivers or anything at desperate times call, call for desperate measures. And I think that's, that's obviously why Bergevin and Scott Mellenby and, uh, and, and the brain trust such, such as they are in Montreal have decided to make this very desperate move, Stevie. I mean, look at right now. They're two and eight. You almost got to go on an eight and two run to get back in a playoff discussion. And with no signs of that happening, like that's the thing. Their losses are not just losses that they're going, hey, you know what? They had a real good chance to win that game. I mean, they're playing Anaheim last night who are brutal. Anaheim are terrible. And and Los Angeles are marginally better. I know they had a nice win against Buffalo too yesterday. So, but they're only marginally better. They're way out of the playoffs already. Like these are nothing teams, and you're looking less than nothing against them. So you've got to try and do anything you can here as a managerial staff and/or coaching staff to wake these guys up because this season, you know the way it works, fellas. By American Thanksgiving, which is only a few weeks away, this holds true almost without exception. You're out of the playoffs by then, you know you ain't coming back. Elvis will be back before you're in a playoff spot. So, so they're uh, they're very quickly here looking at a lost season. I don't think necessarily as a half fan that right now it's a bad thing. I know all sorts of the comments on social media will be from all the left wingers who don't know anything about the game but love to comment because everybody's got their phone now and jump on two seconds later. They don't know a single damn thing about the sport of hockey, and unfortunately that dominates the comments. That said, me, I'm going to say, look, it. they're going to probably be, be, be forced to mail this season in here. We're going to know in a really, really short period of time. And Caulfield, uh, I mean, it's not be the worst thing, Stevie, for him or Jimmy, for him to go down there and hopefully score some goals. Just find, figure out a way just to get the puck in the net in a game that matters again and then recall him. And I think that's what they'll hope, they'll hope here is what they can see happen sooner rather than later. But not having Weber and Evanson, two of your top four, not having Carey Price, uh, I mean, it's those are big, big, big holes. Right. You almost, almost assuredly, I'll tell you what, uh, being around it a little bit, because uh, I remember some of those days uh, with the Oilers. Uh, I remember great days and, then, and not so good days. But, you know, there was a rumor, Stevie, uh, Rusty was telling us that there's something that's going to come out of Montreal. Of course, he wouldn't say anything. Uh, and then the next day, there was some talk of Bergevin going to go into the, uh, the, that the Kings were maybe after him, right? So that can't bode very well, first of all, for when a team is you know is in the tank and well, and they don't know what to do. They're going so bad. So then you got that rumor. Yeah. Almost assuredly, uh, Liam, when everyone's taking a shit and no one's playing and guys are injured and, and, and guys are getting sent down, guys are making – off, you know, off the cuff comment on, uh, you know, that that comment that the guy makes about Carey Price sort of sets that whole move, that 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 whole movement of of 
mental illness and it's okay to not be okay. I heard, you know, which is a great thing that moves that thing right off the page. When the guy says that, you know, um, dumb thing to say, you know, dumb thing to say. Anyway, all that combined, right. It, I've seen it where, and they got a good coaching staff there, right. There's, I, I see Mellaby's on the Sean Burke is the goaltending coach. I think of that place. Yeah. That's when I, that's what I bet. Who's not on the same page. Guarantee. You, I've been in rooms before, where they walk in and 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 the coaches are fucking screaming at each other, uh, you know, because they are they are in the tank and some it's it has to be something like that somewhere somewhere where no one's on the same page, Liam. No one's doing anything. That's yeah, just, yeah. That's what I think. So the coach, what's like Bergevin? Imagine you wake up going, Bergevin's gonna is talking to L.A. Maybe even the rumor, you know, if you own the team. Yeah, what's going on, Bergevin? Here we we got a team here. We got to run. You know? uh, I know. And, you know, he didn't sign the extension in the spring when it was offered. And the speculation now is that maybe he was waiting to see if he was going to be implicated in the Chicago uh, situation. And <clears throat> as of now, yeah. he hasn't been. He wasn't in the meeting. He wasn't one of the 139 people that the law firm um, did interviews and follow ups with. So in that sense. But since then, the offers off the table anyway. So he's operating right now on the last year of his deal as a general manager. He's been there 10 years, which is a, which is an eternity in Montreal. And, um, and it sounds and looks like he's probably, although his press conference on that last week said, Oh, in a perfect world, I want to be here, you know? So, so then, well, is it money? Uh, and, you know, Montreal, you know, they've got money. So that's, probably not the issue. So I think there's other factors at play, but there's no doubt you make a good point. That's just another factor. If you've got a lame duck GM, got a coach who's come in who really his record is virtually identical to what Julian's was since Ducharme Mm -hmm. took over other than he went to a final. Okay, great. You know, I mean, uh, so did Dallas two years ago. (laughs) You know, I mean, it, it, it can happen, right? They, they just, somebody had to win the Canadian division. And it just happened to be them. Was the comeback against Toronto spectacular and historic? Absolutely. Uh, Was a sweep of Winnipeg? Well, Winnipeg imploded. After the Shifley hit on Evans and his suspension, the Jets imploded. But beating Vegas, well, you know, thanks, Marc-Andre Fleury. But you pretty much changed the momentum in game two in that series. And as a result, I give Montreal credit. They still had to win four of those six games against uh, what most people figured would be an automatic trip to the finals for Vegas. And then they went and got pretty much hammered by, uh, I mean, you know, they won game four and they lost game five, won nothing to lose the cup. So they hung around and looked available, basically. Uh, but, you know, I mean, besides that, they really, they had no chance to win the Stanley Cup. And and they're just suffering a massive, massive hangover from this puppy going into the first week of July and all of the other factors. And look, your point about Mark Bergevin is 100% legit. There's no question that's got to be a factor as well. What is he right. being told? By Molson right now. I mean, not that I think he'd want to see. I, I wouldn't anyways. I have fan. I wouldn't want him to see him make a snap decision here at all. Like th- these guys who should be scoring, whether it's Foley, Anderson, you know, Caulfield, Suzuki, Gallagher, all these guys, they've all got potential to score 20 plus goals in the league. They've all done it. So they didn't all just fall up the turnip truck and forget how to put their skates on. It looks right. that way when you watch them. They're terrible. Right. But it's a malaise. Like, you can see it. It's actually, you can actually see it on the ice. The mistakes they're making are not being made by, by they're, 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 they're fragile. They're gripping their stick. They're certainly screwed up in the head right now. And I'm not saying just mental illness-wise. 
but hockey wise. And and there is a lot going on that's tangible and intangible that's led to this two and eight start. There's no doubt about it. It's not like Bergevin either is uh, is Masai Ujiri there. The guys the guys not the be all end all right of the Canadians. No, but you know I mean he, he's been there ten years and he's been nominated as GM of the year three times. He's finished runner up twice. What does that really mean at the end of the day? Nothing. I mean Don Maloney right. won won at one time so. You know, I mean, it's it's uh, <laughs> like uh, giving out the Lady Bing trophy, really. I mean, but at the right. end of the day, his peers have been, you know, he's been recognized as a guy. I mean, his pro trades, for the most part, have been outstanding. You know, their amateur draft, it's not that it's been poor. It's their development. It's a development. I mean, you know, they drafted Sergachev. They just, they decided to trade him. So that one didn't yeah. work out. But I mean, if you watch Drouin right now, he's their best forward. I mean, I mean, Hoffman, since he's joined the lineup, but uh, consistency from game one to game 10, Jonathan Drouin is leading the team in points. He's averaging just under a point a game. His, his vision on the ice, he looks fantastic out there. Still makes some bonehead plays, but I mean, so does everybody typically in the course of a game. But I mean, that team right now, it just looks like it has hit a wall physically and mentally. And this is in 10 games. You got 72 to go. So... Yeah. They're, they're going to try sending Caulfield down. Go back to that question, Stevie. Obviously, an incredibly desperate move here by a team that's um, certainly not on life support yet. But, I mean, you know, you're, you're one notch above it right now. And you went to a Stanley Cup final. And so a lot of people expect that's a rubber stamp to go back. I knew it wasn't going to be, but nobody expected this. Nobody, nobody right. expected two and eight. Think of St. Louis, man, if you're a Montreal fan. Think of, think of them. Weren't they in last place? We always talk about that. In January? Yeah. When they won uh, the cup? Yeah, they, yeah. they turned uh, the calendar year over. You know, they had swired a coach. They fired Mike Yo, placed him with Craig Berube right around American Thanksgiving, just past it. They still suffered badly. And then I was on a Zoom with Larry Robinson, who you guys have had on the show. And you guys have talked to Larry. You know Larry. I was on a Zoom with Larry in like mid or late February. And I said, well, what's going on? Like, I'm watching some of the games. I mean, everybody... Like Ryan O'Reilly's grabbed his team. He says, Liam, we got a goaltender. Benny, this guy Bennington's kicking out everything. Are you watching him play? Like he's Ken Dryden 2.0. And I went, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I guess he has played really well, eh? And then, well, we know the rest of that story. Look at Ottawa with the Hamburglar run. I mean, what, what the, the guy, the guy went, he was insane. Insane in nets there for about three freaking months. I mean, it's, it may, can make such an unbelievable difference. You get a goaltender, and Montreal's relied on Carey Price for 15 years, but their regular seasons haven't been good the last three anyway. They kind of got gifted playoff spots, really. They got a play in round two years ago, and they did well against Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh mailed it in, and then Philly beat them. And then last year, you know, they limped in at the end. They couldn't buy a win to save their lives. If Ottawa had had the start they had last year that they had this year, although it's still early, but I mean, they're significantly better. Why? Again, some goaltending right now. I mean, that's such an important thing. And Jake Allen, God bless his soul. But the reason St. Louis let him go is because they had a starter and they didn't need him. And Montreal picked him up to play like a great quality backup to carry while they hopefully developed McNiven or Primo or one of the other guys down there, you know? And he's not a starter. So, you know, these are just all the many reasons that have conspired to lead Montreal to this, uh, uh, you know, historic, historic, brutal start. You're bailing on your team, man. 
Not at all, man. I won't you're, miss a second. You're the number one fan. This on. is very disappointing. Absolutely very disappointing. not bailing at all. Not one single solitary bit. <laughs> well, we'd be remiss. 20 games, we, man. Go 20. We would be remiss, Liam, if we didn't ask you a little bit about the Ottawa Senators. And it certainly seems, even though they're not tearing up the league, even though they don't have, you know, a record that's, uh, you know, sparkling at this stage, three and four out of the gate, uh, it, it certainly seems like after missing the playoffs for four straight years, it seems like they finally arrived as a team to be taken seriously with a good future. Yeah, I think all of that is true. I mean, if the owner stays out of the way, and right now you'd have to say that's happening here. I mean, you got three main long-term contracts have been sewn up in like the last 30 months here. And that's incredibly positive. Um, You know, Pierre Dorian takes a ton of heat Yet you look at the amateur draft and the development, the job Jimmy Mann's doing uh, in Belleville. And clearly these guys, these kids come up and a lot of them look ready to play. And, uh, you know, I got a guy actually came up to me yesterday. He's so pissed off at what Brady signed for. I said, you just don't get it. You just don't get it, man. He brings so much to the table. Let's see. Four games, three points. He's already dwarfing the rest of the team in penalty minutes. Um, he's a plus player. He's playing a regular shift, 17 minutes, 18 minutes. He doesn't have the C on, but he may as well. He's already assumed the exact role he's been since he's first suited up for the centers. As he goes up front, so does the team. And there's lots to be positive of there. Like you said, I mean, they're three points out of a wild card spot already. And it's going to be so difficult, but they're going in the right direction. And if Malnick stays out of it and they get goaltending, and right now I think everybody was excited to see Matt Murray. As he, as he turned the corner, he's going to come back a little bit after the debacle of last year. And then boom, you know, Kreider gives him a shot in the head and he's out. But he'll be back and, and uh, hope if they've got a tandem there that can, that can, that can do, some, do some damage, they'll, they'll be taken seriously this year. And so they should. Because they're going in the right direction. And maybe this will be their last year. Look at Detroit. They finally look like they're turning it around. I mean, so are, so are some other teams right now, too, in the early going. Maybe the Buffalo Sabres and others, right? So, inevitably, things change, right? And and I always use the analogy of the double Ferris wheel. You know, you're, you're on. You want to stay on the top as long as possible. But if you end up sliding all the way down, well, you want to get up as quick as you can. And Ottawa's been down, man, at the bottom of that Ferris wheel. I remember going on that double Ferris wheel at the CNE when I went to see Springsteen in 85 <laughs> with a bag full of beer. Me and Pete Bisdy, a captain of the Ottawa Fire Department, and we said, when that sucker hits the bottom, we're going to be done every single pint in this bag. And that's the only time you want to be at the bottom of a double Ferris wheel. And that's the problem with the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> that's insane. You don't get anywhere else, ladies and gentlemen. They all got to drink a bag of fucking beer, baby. Okay, let's go. Smoking and drinking allowed in the locker room. You know okay, what they do. You know, all, you know what? You know what they do? If it was the old days, it would be one of two things. What you would have seen by now, if you turn the clock back to when in our youth, you would have seen a bench-clearing brawl because they would have said, yeah. we're going out, we're going to hammer the shit out of somebody tonight. And, and, and everybody would have fought or it'd be a big piss up and the whole team would go, you're not going out with your agent, your wife, your brother, your neighbor or nothing. You're coming out tonight. We're getting loaded. And, and it'd be one of two ways. It would be one of two ways. 
You know, the Montreal Canadiens lost the first two games of a Stanley Cup final in the Forum in 1966. They flew to Detroit for Game 3. This is against Gordy Howe, Alex Del Vecchio, all the Red Wings. Jean Beliveau went to Sam Pollock, and he said, I need 300 bucks. This is in 1966. And Sam said, what for? He said, I'm taking the boys out. And just so you know, uh, no optional skate tomorrow because none of them are going to be able to skate because I'm getting them all loaded. Yeah, and yeah. and they went out and they got loaded then and, and they had a day day between games so they got you know, hung over like tanks they played the next night they did not lose another game now the guy who told me that story was Yvonne Cornway so he was on the team he was one of the guys who drank and he's the one who told me that that Bellowell got 300 bucks you need these types of things something has to happen they had a closed door right. meeting after LA i'm sure they probably had to say to everybody oh, by the way guys uh, no cell phones you know Leave your phones for alone for five minutes. I'm not saying that's a right. situation. You know what I mean. But yeah, it's yeah, either yeah. a brawl or a drunk or something right now. And uh, it's, it would be uh, probably one of the other things that could shake them out of their doldrums. All right. Well, that is great stuff, Liam. Lacking energy, as always. Lacking the passion, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, still great all the same. No. Uh, anything going on? Anything to plug? You're always blogging. You've got broadcasts going on. You've got projects. Yeah. Anything going on? Yeah, well, listen, I will plug uh, Sticks and Tops. It's our uh, podcast I'm doing with Paul Cuthbert out in New York. We do it every Friday. So I got that going. And I'm, I'm going to fire up my little Liam's Hockey again here in the interim. As you guys know, I've told you both privately, publicly, as our conversations, that I've been hired by uh, Riedel Carlton Raceway here in Ottawa, which is now part of the Hard Rock chain. Hard Rock has bought the building. And I actually got hired 19 months ago. If you could believe it, the irony of it, I get a dream, a dream yeah. gig and, and we get uh, a global pandemic. <laughs> so I haven't worked The sun exploded. So I'm waiting for that to start. I'm going to be hosting a uh, hockey trivia style game show up in their, their brand spanking new lounge upstairs. It's called The Joint. And uh, nice. I, I can't wait for, uh, for that to start. Uh, among hosting other other parties and, and things uh, in a hard rock nature. Liam McGuire's, the restaurant that bears my name, thankfully is is open again after uh, the long layoff due to the pandemic. So that's going. And and uh, I continue to gear up. I've already done some preliminary work and I'm gearing up for the 50th anniversary of the Summit Series, which will be celebrated next year. And I'll be, uh, I'll be part of uh, several major events for that. And uh, including, I've already been interviewed for some, some stuff that's going to appear on TV. So Really excited about that for 2022, but uh, other than that, uh, fellas, I tell you, just having the odd pint and uh, getting ready to play a little puck myself. I put the golf clubs away, and uh, it was a great summer, man. I got in 86 rounds, so uh, I certainly got on the that course on. a lot. But, uh, oh that's gosh. about it, lads. Oh. I... That hardly, I'd turn in my membership, man. That hardly makes it worth it there when you do the math. Okay, eighty-six <laughs> rounds. Christ, that's a that's a. You must be a. You got to be up to a buck seventy-five a round or something. Dollar seventy-five cents, something like that. Eighty-six yeah. rounds. I'll tell you what, Liam. Uh, you were on the suspendables, and it was one of the highest-rated shows uh, that we did when you were on there. I got. I had a lot of people Jimmy, reaching out to me. I cannot yeah. believe the people that uh, continue to message me including a guy a couple weeks ago from California, this Greg guy uh, who found me on there. And, and uh, I keep hearing from somebody, it seems like go back, they see who you had on and they check it out or whatever. Somebody told them, I don't know, but holy cow, last yeah. hour of that hit was, uh, was pretty substantial. So that was a, that was a ton of fun. And Stevie, I did that right in your house. 
That's right. Yeah, there we go. Exactly. Yeah, yep. exactly. Anyway, and, fuck and off, Liam. That's enough out of you. Okay. <laughs> All right. I was going to say, I went where no trick-or-treaters went. I went to Stevie's house. <laughs> you can see what I mean now, right? You can see what I mean. <laughs> All right, Liam. Great stuff as always. James, any final thoughts as we head out the door today? No, I'm all good, man. Okay, I'm, all, good. I'm, I'm up. I got I got filled to the brim. All right. McGuire. I love this guy. Absolutely love this guy. We got history, baby. We go back You're to high man. school days. St. Pius X, Jimmy. Long time. Long time. Yeah, both of both of us were always standing around alone because everyone else got laid except us. <laughs> <laughs> so we became very close. Liam and I came very close. Nice. Nice. Uh, someday. SteveWProject.com is our website. Check it out. Uh, in the meantime, again, thanks, Liam. Thanks, Jimmy. We'll talk to you next time. We'll see you, fellas. Good night, everybody. Hey. Good night, everybody. We'll Good see night, you. everybody. <laughs> Beauty. Thanks for being with us on the SWP. Please subscribe today and share the show with your friends and followers. We're at stevewproject.com.